Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Ladies Who Punt is brought to you by LWP members. To future-proof the podcast you love, make sure you sign up to become a member today. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Hello and welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. We are the podcast that makes racing make sense. My name is Fiona Blair and here with me today again is my co-host Grace Ramage. Hello Grace, a big weekend ahead for the both of us. Yes, it is, Fee. Hello to you and to everybody listening to another episode of Ladies Who Punt. Uh, massive weekend. We have already had the first Group 1 run and won this calendar year. It was last Saturday in the CF4 Stakes. What a thrilling race that was. We'll get to that shortly. Um, but we're back at Flemington on Saturday. It's the Lightning Stakes, so straight into another Group 1. And this one is for the Sprinters. It's a 1000 meters straight course dash up the famous Flemington Strait. So excited to see and get stuck into, um, you know, taking a look at the main contestants in that event. Yeah, and the Queens are out in Melbourne this weekend, not just Miss Imperatrice, who uh, is an eight-time Group 1 winner and looking to get her ninth Group 1, just an absolute superstar of last spring, but also a very famous Taylor Swift is in Mm -hmm. town, the Queen of Pop. And Grace, you and I were one of the lucky two who survived the uh, Hunger Games of concert ticketing and managed to secure a spot um, each at uh, at her show, which is so exciting. So much to look forward to the Eras tour. What night are you going again? I'm going on Sunday night, Fee. Um, and you're right. We are so lucky. I feel almost um, guilty that we are in this yeah. privileged position because there are so many people that survivors not... guilt survivors yeah guilt. it is it's survivors guilt and it's almost like if if I, if I hadn't had a ticket you know I would be feeling exactly the same as everyone else so um I hope that you know we can go and experience the absolutely amazing show that it will be um but on behalf of everyone like I just want to be able to share it with everybody <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. I haven't finished my costume yet. I've been making a costume. I may have to pull an all-nighter tonight to get it done, mm-hmm. but I'm committed to to getting that done. Um, and, yeah, just very excited to be able to witness this, you know, spectacle and to see What song Taylor are you Swift most looking forward – what song are you most looking forward to um, listening to? To seeing – that's really hard. I think she does like 47 songs, so there's plenty to choose from. But it's I think it's a song that I like can't say was ever on my favorites list before the tour, but now mm-hmm. I'm like really excited to see it. And that's Fearless. Um, oh, yeah. In, yeah. The, in the Fearless era, obviously. Like I've just been loving that song the last few weeks, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to, to go to that. Also, I think like um, – I love 22. I don't know why it's such a cheesy song, but it just mm. takes me back 
to when it came out and I was 22 and I was just like, yep. yes, this is what it's this like is me. to be 22. This is my song. Well, I mean, that's just Taylor Swift for us, isn't it? That every, you know, I mean, if Taylor Swift has got a massive fan base, but I feel like especially for people, girls our age and boys, um, because we have literally grown up with her every step, everything she was feeling at the yeah. time, we were also feeling because we're of a similar age. Um, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Absolutely. What about you? What's the song you're looking forward to? Um, oh, wowee. I really love all of her recent albums. So, like, I will be belting out every word mm-hmm. of anything she plays off folklore or, um, mm-hmm. you know, even even Midnight's. Um, but I reckon there's just yeah. one song that resonates with me always because I just feel like it's so applicable for many, many different times in life. And it's random because it was, like, on the radio for two years and it's just, like, a real fun song. But if you actually think about what she's saying, so good. It's called Shake It Off. Shake it off, Fee. We're going to shake it off. Of course. We're going to really shake it off. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right. The message behind that, no matter what's going on, doesn't bloody Mm. matter. Just shake it off. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she's a wise lady. She's a wise lady. So wise. In today's episode, we will take a bit of a deep dive into the lightning stakes, and we're also just going to have a little sneak peek at the Apollo stakes up at Randwick because there's some big names um, lining up in that 1,400-metre contest. Um, but I just want to say, before we get into our form previews, a big thanks to the three ladies that signed up as members last week. They are Bernadette Webb, Sonia Bull, and Edwina O'Brien. So last week we have put out the call that in order to keep the podcast going into the spring, we really need to hit 100 LWP members. And thanks to these ladies, we're that little bit closer to our goal. We still have quite a way to go. So if you enjoy the podcast, enjoy consuming our content, please consider signing up to become a member for just $15 a month. And last thing, Grace, I want to do before we get stuck into our previews is I want to do, I want you to pull up last week's CFO stakes where Mr. Brightside put in an absolute freak performance to overcome the monster lead that Pride of Jenny and, and Buffalo River had set for him. And I want you to talk us through what you were thinking as the race was unfolding. Would you be up for that? Yes, I would definitely be up for that. Actually, you know what, Fee? I actually haven't watched the full race back yet. Um, which oh, my is, gosh. Yeah, I actually just haven't watched the full race back. I think it's been a really busy week for me. We, I was at Caulfield on Saturday. Yes. Um, straight up to Sydney that night and have been at the Classic Sale Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, drove back from Sydney, now back in Melbourne. So it's sort of just been a bit of a a bit of a blur, and I haven't actually had a chance to go back and watch the full replay, but I can certainly remember how I was feeling because it was not good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I will pull up the replay, and, I mean, it was just a freakish performance, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah, just was what I've also loved freakish. about it is that after on the Sunday and the Monday and, you know, just around the sales – um, around the sales and just out for dinners and things, people were stopping Ben to say, and not just people, I mean like, you know, um, people that have been in the industry, trainers, breeders, you know, people of importance within the industry for decades were stopping him to say, wow, that horse is something else. He's an absolute horse. superstar. What, mm. what a freakish performance that was. They were genuinely like in awe and starstruck about what had happened. And mm. I think it's taken Mr. B from just like, yeah, he's such a good horse. He's a group one warrior to like 
sort of champion hero status in a way, um, what he was able to do yeah. first up in the CFO. All right, so I've got it up here, Fee, and they have just jumped in the CFO stakes, and he missed the start. So instantly I was like, oh, what was that about? What's that? What's going on there, Willow? But he sort of musters well, and Willow gets him in a nice position. But originally Willow's plan was to either sit outside the leader or settle in the one-out, one-back position. But obviously when he was slow away, that didn't happen. I thought it was really interesting. Willow tried to get off the fence, stay off the fence to be able to trail V8, which probably ultimately was a really, really good decision because V8 took him into the race nicely. At this point, they're at the 800 meter mark and I'm thinking, holy dooly, Pride of Jenny is not getting a breather here. <laughs> Buffalo River is, you know, not even outsider. He's just like dropping in behind. And they are just absolutely humming along here. And at the 500 metres, Craig here is going for Mr. B. He's already saying, all right, boy, let's get going. Okay, time to get going <laughs> around the bend here. Around the bend here, V8 almost drops Mr. B. He genuinely almost drops him. And then in the straight, I'm going, no, right now. No, it can't happen. Like, it's happened again. They've got too much of a head start. And now they're at the 200 metre mark. And... I reckon right now I start screaming because I'm like, he's going to do it. He's absolutely going to do it. <laughs> oh, my God, this is amazing. And then he just launches the last 50 metres on the line. I genuinely thought watching it live that he hadn't got there. But even still, it was an, a huge performance, like massive run. I was convinced for about, I don't know. But because when you're behind the glass at Caulfield, you can't hear the call. And we're all absolutely scarred absolutely scarred from the cox plate no more early crows no more thinking that you've won when you actually have exact confirmation and i needed brad taylor a friend of mine to on the other side of the room scream out grace you've won to actually understand what's going on but um yeah it was just one of those performances that of a horse and if, if you actually go back and watch the replay again um because i i did watch the straight a few times because somebody had alerted me to it straight after the race that Willow hadn't even, Craig Williams hadn't even really, um, you know, had to get for, had to get busy on him in a sense, like in the straight. Once he balanced up, obviously Craig said, all right, boy, let's get going around the bend. But in the straight, Mr. B just turned on his own afterburners. Like it wasn't Craig saying, you have to get off the canvas here. Mr. B has just absolutely launched, um, showed that tenacity that he has that absolute will to win like it's so rare in a horse to be able to say right i know what my job mm. is i've got to go pick up those two leaders out in front and off i go and to be able to actually do it, do it <laughs> is amazing so yeah it was um it was a really really i don't know spine tingling win i suppose and i think it really really Huge. struck a nerve and a chord with a lot of people in the whole racing industry on saturday yeah i think i like you know, it's it means so much more because of Team Lindsay Park and what he's done for us and that we get to barrack for him because we know him so well. But just like you said, just as a standalone performance, it's, I don't know, personally inspiring to me what he did on Saturday. And I've been in the gym this week and as soon as I've been getting tired, I've been like, what would Mr. B do? Keep <laughs> going. He'd just put his head down and he'd keep going. And I just tell myself, I'm like, be like Mr. B, you know, like yep. keep working, keep working. And um, it's just, it has, it's like inspired me so much, that level of grit and just determination that he showed in that race. I'm like, yeah, we all need a little bit of that, just that, that, and yeah, incredible determination. Yeah, so, it's such, oh, that's so I funny, was, Fee. <laughs> yeah, incredible. <laughs> 
And of course, shout out to Pride of Jenny and Buffalo River. Like they just put on an absolute competition and, you know, Pride of Jenny, we know she's so talented, but Buffalo River, like he is just flying at the moment. Um, I think his owners must just be so proud of, of, of the comeback he's made and, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes in the All-Star Mile. Do you think, you know, a question I have for you, Grace, like in terms of fitness, obviously they're, they're all going to come on, like Buffalo's already had a start or two leading into the CFL stakes, but does the fitness edge help a horse like Pride of Jenny Moore who has to maintain that high cruising speed or does it like is it equally beneficial to a horse like Mr. B as well as Pride of Jenny? Well, I think um... – it's a really interesting question. I think that how they rode Pride of Jenny is an indication that she's really quite fit already. Um, that was the that was my interpretation. I didn't think that they would do what they did last right. Saturday, knowing that she was only first up. I thought they'd try and, you know, just have a cruisy first thousand meters or oh, a first 600 meters and then really build it up and then be sort of sustaining in the straight, a strong gallop to the line. Um, so I think that she's they probably knew that she's pretty fit. Um, obviously, she'll improve again. But interestingly, interestingly, with Pride of Jenny and Mr. B, um, talking just now about the calendar and the way that these um, spring and autumn campaigns fall, obviously last season on Ladies Who Punt, we discussed a lot about um, the Melbourne Cup Carnival and how the Cox Plate used to be the grand final for those champion Australasian international um, group one 2,000 meter horses, weight for age 2,000 meter horses, that is the grand final. But now since that they've added that extra Champions Day onto the the final day of the Melbourne Cup Carnival, meaning after the Cox Plate, um, Cox Plate horses have got two options, two Group One options worth a heap of money. Um, two weeks later, it means that most of those horses are now prolonging their campaigns. So what that actually means in reality, when you see now on the other, the flip side, when it comes into the autumn, that Mr. B and Pride of Jenny, they had two weeks less in the paddock. They had two weeks less paddock time than they would have ordinarily in previous years, which um, when it comes to actually training horses and, and what that means is if you've got two weeks less paddock time, A, you're not getting as big of a break and B, you're not putting on as much condition, which means just naturally they've got to have that um, natural fitness edge anyway. You know, they're not in the paddock getting fat for two weeks. They've actually haven't had that opportunity. They would have had, you know, a freshen up and a little break, but they actually would have not had much time on the sidelines at all. So I reckon um, it's not the sense of typical first up as it is like in the spring when they've had, you know, a month or two in the paddock and it's um, coming through a winter and they might be a bit fat and, and burly. No doubt that they're going to strip fitter again, but they would have already, both horses already had just like that fitness edge coming off a pretty tight turnaround from their last start, which was, um, you know, back in the middle of November. Yeah, it is so tight between the, the spring and the autumn compared to the autumn and the wind and the spring. So really interesting um discussion there about that uh and yeah it's gonna be a very very interesting autumn with those two battling it out in the next few races well grace we better get on to the business of the day which is the lightning stakes we are at flemington as you said at the top of the show it's a 1000 meter sprint wait for age race down the famous flemington straight and some very big names lining up in this quite small field so only eight horses 
in the race, but we have, of course, superstar mare Imperatrice looking for her ninth Group 1 win. We have Balan Hippatina, who is a crowd favourite and just an absolute battler, who is a multiple Group 1 winner. Uh, Private Eye, a very talented horse coming down from New South Wales. And then the two-year-olds slash three-year-olds last year who who were on the main stage is Cylinder, who we all know very well now, even though he's only three, and I Am Unstoppable, who um, has been running very well and is very comfortable down the Flemington Strait, having three starts there for three seconds. So uh, very interesting field, I think, Grace. Like Imperatrice is obviously the class horse to beat going off last spring, but there's been a lot of chat about her jump outs leading into into this race. She, in her most recent one at Cranbourne, she was up against Bellina Patina and I Am Unstoppable. And um, they both had a length or two on her in that jump out, but she wasn't really being asked for much. What did you make of those jump outs, Grace? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to read too much into it because um, ultimately, you know, they are just jump outs. We have got a pretty good handle on what Imperatriz can do on the racetrack. We've seen her now across two preparations. And remember, um, at the start of her preparation last spring, um, I remember on this podcast, I was really umming and ahhing as to whether she was the real deal or not. And I was like, I'm just not sure she can go to that level that we've seen her at. That might be a little bit of a, a one-off, but... Um, she certainly did. She just kept fronting up at that exact same level the whole way through the campaign to ultimately be undefeated. And she's now an eight-time Group 1 winner, which is just absolutely absurd. So I'm not really going to read too much into the trial at all, to be honest. I also saw her in a track gallop. Um, they took her away from Cranbourne for an exhibition gallop. can't remember where it was, but she was like really fresh and she was like um, jogging around the mountain yard and work, getting worked up, playful, but not in a bad way, just in a fresh way, which which is the exact opposite of what she did at Cranbourne where they said that she was at home because that's where she gets trained um, and that she was just a little bit lazy. And so, I've, um, yeah, to answer your question, I'm not really reading too much into it at all. I know that obviously um, the connections and the trainer, uh, Mark Walker, will not be sending her to the races if they think that she isn't going to produce what <laughs> – the public are expecting her to produce as a very short price favorite in this race. So yeah, I'm confident that she's going to be there and fronting up in usual Imperatrice order. I don't think we have to be too worried. She's obviously a bit of a freak going off last spring and um, she's, you know, met a lot of these horses before and, and comfortably beaten them. So very excited to see how she goes on Saturday in terms of the market. She is sitting at $1.90. So just under even money. So let's chat about Bella Grace. <clears throat> um, I feel like these two mares, I'm very excited to see them both on the weekend because as mares, there's no guarantees they're going to be showing up in the spring. They might be heading straight to the breeding barn, you know, in September. So excited to see them both. How do you think Bella Nipotina is going? Well, she's been absolutely smashed in the early markets. I think they went up, um, they went up $12 and into $7 already. So, She's been really well found in the bedding. And the reason for that is definitely because she is, or she's a very effective sprinter. There's no doubt about that. But a thousand meters is even her absolute sweet spot. A thousand meters, she is just electric. And especially first up, you can imagine she'd be like a coiled spring ready to 
unleash. So she's got to have a really good chance. Um, I think that there's absolutely no doubt about that. In the Lightning Stakes last year, she was only narrowly beaten um, less than a length by Cool and Gatter, and the fast finisher there was I Wish I Win, um, who is also, we know, a Group 1 high-quality um, sprinter. So, yeah, I can understand why a lot of people out there think that Bella Nipotina might be able to really serve it up to Imperatrice here. Some of her best ratings have been on... Um, over the thousand meters for me i always think that bella nipotina is at her absolute best on a on a track that's got some given it so rain affected track we're talking you mm-hmm. know a soft five or a six or a seven that's when she really um is at her best and others might come a bit unstuck but you know she'll be there she'll definitely um she'll definitely be running a bold race i can't imagine she's going to be beaten far but i do think that imperatries will have her measure um, because not only um, mm-hmm. has Imperatrice beaten her a couple of times in the past, but she also is very, very, very good at the 1,000 metres. I almost wonder if Imperatrice's best trip <laughs> is the 1,000 metres or 1,100 metres, and at the yeah. end of 1,200 metres, she's still great and she's still on on most occasions better than her opposition, but just some of the ratings that she's produced and um, her ability to quicken over a thousand meters like if they're just sort of going along at a nice even tempo she will just unleash these outrageous um splits and sectionals so i think she's obviously going to be the horse to beat here but um bella nipotina will be there around abouts the one that i think could be the main challenger fee to imperatories is the top weight horse number one in private eye now for whatever reason, this horse is probably not as is probably not as good a horse as I wish I win, but he's giving I wish I win vibes here, which is has been set for this race, <laughs> isn't necessarily a thousand meter out and out thousand meter horse like can get you know out over twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred meters. Um, he's even one over further. So while he's not an out and out speed horse, he's definitely been set for this race. And if you go and have a look at Private Eye's first up record, it is very ominous. He's had seven first up runs for four <laughs> wins and one third placing. I think that this is a real set play from Joe Pride, who's a fantastic trainer, and especially Joe Pride knows exactly when to hit um, travel attacks at Melbourne or wherever he goes to. Like he's got a very good record when he travels horses because he just has got them primed, has really thought about the placement and generally it it plays out as he's hoping. So yeah, private eye for me. He's got the fifty eight and a half kilos is um under the weight for age conditions of this of this lightning stakes. And I think that he could be sitting back from barrier eight on the outside, just smoking his pipe and while Imperatries from barrier two might be, you know, looking to go back to the inside up the straight or, you know, weaving through runs. Private I will just be, Blake Shin will just be waiting, stalking, and then we'll unleash. And um, I think he'll be very, very strong to the line and will be right there. It's just whether he's good enough to beat Imperatries. Well, that's going to be the question. Okay, Grace. So there's two three-year-olds in this race on Saturday. Cylinder, who we're all very familiar with, having seen him in, you know, the... Uh, golden slipper as a two-year-old in the autumn last year and then um in the everest in the spring and also the cornwall stud stakes and then we have i am unstoppable trained by lloyd kennywell and lucy yeomans who is a little bit more lightly raced but has a lot more experience on the flemington straight 
Who would you rather be with, Grace, out of these two? I definitely would want to be with out of those two, I Am Unstoppable, because of what you just said, his straight track Mm -hmm. experience. He loves the Flemington Straight. He's seen it a couple of times, and while he hasn't Mm -hmm. won down the Flemington Straight, he's essentially been right there um, all through last prep, culminating in a second place in in the Coolmore Stud Stakes, the 1,200-metre Group 1 sprint for the three-year-olds. So he's got the measure on Cylinder in that race, who was uh, like – he was definitely disappointing cylinder as a four dollar twenty um chance in the Coolmore. He's sort of settled in a great spot and offered absolutely nothing. It could have been a um end of prep run for cylinder maybe back then, yeah. but I am unstoppable was way better than him, and he's got the record of loving the Flemington Strait, so I would be with I am unstoppable out of the two three year olds in the lightning on Saturday. So just to round up, who do you think are gonna be in the top three on Saturday? Who's gonna be the, who are gonna be the first three across the line? Okay, so I think Imperatrice, obviously, um, she is the starting point in this race. If she brings what she's brought her last couple of runs, especially, you know, first up and second up last prep over the 1,000 metres, she will be winning this race. So she's got to be number one. Private Eye is the main danger for me. I think he is a a serious challenger for a race that he's been set for here. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I just get the feeling that while he's not a 1,000 metre horse he's going to really let rip here and sort of be like i wish i win just that really um amazing fast finishing horse in the lightning stakes this year and the other one that i would probably put in is bella nipatina because she just doesn't know how to run a bad race and a thousand meters is her sweet spot (laughs) so they are the top three i mean it's not i'm not really going outside of the pecking order in terms of the market they're that they're sort of top three that are very prominent in the betting so they're the three for me what about you fee yeah i just i think you're bang on obviously these are the class horses in the race i would just love to see i am unstoppable in the top three if he could chase mm-hmm. down one of those three i'd be very very happy um not paying enough in in order to to have a bet um at a dollar 90 for a place position but we'd just love to see this horse run well okay Now that we've had a look at the Lightning Stakes, let's move on to the Apollo Stakes up in Randwick, Grace, because there are some very nice horses going around up there. We have Think It Over, Cascadian, Fangirl as the favourite at $2.30, and the star three-year-old Colt Militarise as well, lining up on the weekend over the 1,400 metres. It's a group two, wait for age. So uh, Militarise obviously getting in on the lower weight being the younger horse. Who are you liking in this race, Grace? Who are you excited to see uh, go around? Well, the Apollo Stakes is always a race where you see, you know, these good wait-for-age horses kick off. It's only a group two, sort of sort of like in the spring in Melbourne, we've got the PB Lawrence as a group two, which leads directly two weeks into the group one Mimsy Stakes. Um, that's sort of what this race is. It's a bit of a pipe opener for the proper, proper horses that we're going to be seeing deep into the autumn carnival um, but it's at group two level just because it's generally the kickoff point for all of them. And I'll have them ready to go fitter second up in the group one now named very elegant stakes, which is in two weeks time at Randwick over 1600 meters again at wait for age. So, um, that's sort of what this race is here for. It's sort of the starting point for the, the proper wait for age mile 2000 meter horses to kick off in. Uh, definitely excited about this one because I cannot wait to see Fangirl and also Militarize back in action because what they did last prep in the spring, I think, was 
very exciting, really set up for this autumn and how we're going to have a big clash of the Titans. You've got those Melbourne Titans, um, Mr. Brightside and Pride of Jenny, and well, obviously Alligator Blood was in the mix there, but we know that he's been sidelined out of injury. Um, but then you've also got those that are going to probably remain up in Sydney being Militarise and Fangirl, um, both such exciting horses that are really ready to take it to the next level of this preparation, I think. I don't think both Melbourne and Sydney Group 1 weight for each horses are going to clash until the Melbourne horses go up to Sydney. I feel like Militarise and also fan of mm-hmm. Fangirl won't come down to Melbourne for the All-Star Mile um, because it is you know, there's so much on offer for them up in Sydney as well. But, uh, yeah, these two horses, especially the three-year-old in Militarise, who in – nine starts in his career so far is already a three-time group one winner as a two-year-old but then he came back and contested the cox plate and i mean he's running the cox plate which was his last run was so good in the spring for a three-year-old who was inexperienced he was sort of strung up and um, didn't have a great deal of room and he was really really strong late up against the best of the best at their best so for him and also Van Gogh, we know how good she is. I think it's going to be a great race. And these two clashing against each other all the way through to the Queen Elizabeth in April being, you know, the, the final goal for these two horses. Another great ding-dong battle. We've got Mr. B versus Pride of Jenny in Melbourne <laughs> and we've got Fangirl versus Militarise in Sydney. It is so good. Like it's absolute popcorn racing. You know, you just want to – you almost like mm-hmm. which side, which team are you going to barrack for? It's like now it's time to get your colours out, <laughs> work out who you want to be with and cheer for them. Yeah, it's so exciting. I just love when we've got these evenly matched horses at each other, race in and race out. And it could be either of their races. One wins one week, the other wins the other week, you know, and it doesn't take anything away from the other horse. They're just that evenly matched. So very Mm -hmm. excited to see those two go around. Well, Grace, I think that's all we've got time for today. We better wrap it up. So thank you for joining me and, and for chatting about the Lightning Stakes and the Apollo Stakes. Uh, will you be at Flemington on Saturday, soaking it all in? I actually will not be at Flemington on Saturday. One of my best friends is getting Ooh. married on Friday and will be recovering nicely with the races on, of course, um, <laughs> on the Saturday. And then, yeah, so, um, yeah, won't be at the races, but very exciting weekend coming up. And you, Fee, uh, have a great time. And Taylor Swift on Friday night. Yes, Friday night, and I will... I'm going to try and see Imperatrice. I might, I'm in Melbourne anyway. I might as well get down yes. there. I might only head down for a Great couple idea. of races because I will also be recovering <laughs> after Taylor Swift. So, um, yeah, I might see some people there. Come and say hello if you see me. But uh, hope everyone enjoys this weekend. It's oh, How good's this time of year? And, um, yeah, we'll catch you all next week. Hello, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you are obviously a very serious listener and we are very appreciative of your efforts. As a serious consumer of our content, we would strongly encourage you to sign up to Ladies Who Punt members for just $15 a month. We have a goal this year to reach 100 members by the 2024 Spring Carnival and by achieving this goal, we can future-proof Ladies Who Punt into the second half of 2024 and hopefully into 2025. So if you enjoy our content, whether it's the podcast, the newsletter, or the Ladies Who Punt social club, please consider signing up to become a member for just $15 a month. There's heaps of benefits to signing up. 
First of all, you get extra content and tips in our Ladies Who Punt members newsletter. You will get sent a free piece of merch. You'll also get to play in our very popular weekly tipping comp with a cash prize of $50. And you'll be granted access to our brand new members WhatsApp group called Tips Out for the Girls. So again, if you are a regular consumer of the Ladies Who Punt content, please make sure you sign up to our members group so that we can future-proof Ladies Who Punt in 2024 and beyond. To sign up, head to our show notes or head to www.ladieswhopunt.com forward slash members. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 